0: Welcome to the Gospel Central Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. Hi there, thank you for joining me once again as we continue our journey in the book of James. And I think it's been an incredible journey the last few weeks as we learned so many practical lessons from the brother of Jesus, who was also a key leader in the early church in Jerusalem. And if you have your Bible with you, and I want to encourage you rather than follow on the screen, maybe following your own Bible, uh, it can either be on your your device or it might be a physical Bible. We're going to continue the book of James. We're going to read out of chapter four uh, today. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the stand that we can gather um, online for some, some in person. We pray that you will speak to us in your word, through your word, transform us as we hear the truth of your gospel. We thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. We start by reading from the 11th verse in uh, chapter 4 of James and it reads, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. Now, this God's law here is speaking about God's royal law, God's law, God's call to love one another, to love. But your love, your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Now, when we hear the topic of judging, uh, we're ready and we're sitting up and we're ready to, to engage. And James is here, what he's doing here, before he gets to chapter 4, he's throughout the whole book actually reminding us to, the, to, to live a righteous life that God has called us to. But here in chapter 4, he's also pointing out a specific sin that is in the midst of this church, and I believe speaking to us today as well. Every one of us have a tendency towards this sin, even though um, we know that the core message of the gospel is that we don't deserve our salvation, that we did nothing, uh, nothing in our own power, can do nothing in our own power for God to accept us as His adopted children. We also know that God in in a moment can just condemn us to eternal punishment if He wishes to. So we know that we actually are not in a place where, where it's because of our good works, because of the nice things we've done that we have indeed in a can walk in a relationship with God. Yes, we responded to His call, but it's not our, it wasn't in our own strength. even though we know that, we know that's the core of the good news of Jesus. And, and even though we know that even though He could condemn us to eternal punishment, and that he, that he turned to us in patient grace and He accepted us as His children, despite all of that, we find it so easy to have a critical heart towards one another. And I, I think I've in previously messages said that when we see ourselves having a critical heart to others, it is much more a reflection of where we are and our walk with God and our understanding of the gospel than it's a reflection of the other person. And see, we, 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 we so easily love to look at somebody else and say, "Can I cannot believe what they're doing it. And it starts by, by, by what we will do is we, we will start speaking evil. It normally starts with us speaking evil about somebody else to ourselves. I will silently watch you I will silently cre- uh, Sort of critique you In my heart and my thoughts I will pick up on your weaknesses I will pick up on your, on your failures On your strange or maybe Different doctrine from mine I will I'll notice from a distance Those gaps in your righteousness Where you are where stepping uh, Sort of to the left or to the right I, I, I will notice from a distance and I will, And I will talk to myself About you and then I'll start speaking in a critical and an unloving judgmental way about you to you. How often do we look at marriages and how often have I sat with people in front of me marriages and, 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 and I, and I notice that it's become a minefield of bitterness and criticism and, mu- and, and judgment towards one another. Where where sort of a record of wrongs are kept rather uh, uh, that that this marriage has become a a sort of a display of of grace and the grace of God working into sinners. How often have I noticed so-called Christian parenting descending into harshness and to condemnation and judgment and, and, and words spoken to our children that should never have been spoken to them. Attitudes that should never have been expressed. And I wonder how much of our conversation with one another is blessed with encouragement and comfort, is stimulating one another to love and good deeds, is pointing one another to the grace and the presence and the promises of God. And sadly, we often often speak to uh, speak to one another about others. So it doesn't just stay a criticism in my heart towards you and then me speaking in a harsh, judgmental, critical way to you, devoid of any love of the grace of God. But unfortunately, it very often leads to me speaking evil of you to others. Are you guilty of that? We talk about another's weakness. We talk about another's failure. We talk about another's sin, not to them, but to others. We spiral into this thing the Bible calls gossip, slander. And it's as if we get this kind of seductive delight in sharing a failure with someone else. And, and how do we feel? We like, Yo, I feel so good about myself because when I can put somebody else down, I am up. But we know that it's short lived because it doesn't take long for us to just sometimes, hopefully if we open to the gospel, realize that actually we don't stay at the top very long. This is so easy for us because we have so much material to work with. It's easy for us to criticize because it's so easy to notice the, the shortcomings and the sin in others. And, and we're so easy to judge others uh, on their actions and judge ourselves on our intentions. And of course our intentions are always good. It's so easy to judge rather than to show Mercy. It's so easy to stand apart from somebody and point a finger than to actually patiently walk alongside them, to love them, to forgive them, to get our hands sort of dirty in the midst of, of messy church so that we can help bear the burden uh, of one another to change. And often this posture is is is. is is something that, that, that saddens me so much because we so often love to criticize the church, big church, worldwide church. We're so easy to criticize the, the church, small church, the local church. I have spent time with people in the past uh, a, a long time ago. I remember walking with somebody that says, God has called him, God has called him to be a watchman on the wall. But the sad thing about this person is that they were not actively engaged in church. And I have to be honest, You get you, you, I, st- I struggle not to speak out. I, I struggle when I hear somebody from the outside willing to criticize the church, what the church is not doing, what they should be doing, how they should be doing. They're coming short on this and they're coming short of that. And I'm not saying that some of those things are not true, but it's so easy to stand from a distance aloof, not get our hands dirty, not be part of the solution, not to come alongside and love and care and be part of the... Carrying each other's burdens, but so from a distance to just say that's wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. It's so easy for us to criticize when we and ourselves are struggling uh, because normally what comes out of here, not normally, what always what comes out of here comes from here. And most of our criticism is, is is actually rooted in our sin of pride. Some are thinking of ourselves. More than we should Not accurately Seeing our condition Not acting in a a spirit of humility It's so easy to forget who we are And that's the crux of of someone not understanding the gospel. So often I say to someone, do you understand the gospel? And one of the things we don't understand about the gospel is that we need to accurately understand our own condition. Because I think it changes everything. Once we are, uh, have an accurate understanding of our own sinful condition, how much we fall short of the glory of God. so for easy to forget who we are. When we buy into this the, uh, delusion that we're wiser than we actually are. We bind this delusion that we are more righteous than we actually are. We bind this delusion that we are more disciplined than we actually are. We bind this delusion that we are actually less needy than we actually are. Now, I'm not sharing, preaching, saying this to you because I have sort of uh, graduated. I struggle with these very things. And, And so often... When I've struggled with something and I get victory, and I'm sure this is true for you as well, and I get victory in an area, I turn around and I almost want to get annoyed and impatient with somebody who says, come on, why can't you sort out yourself in that area? We love to. That very area... That we are good at. That thing that we pump at this moment. Pumping. It's like we've got revelation upon a Revelation from God. And we're just in the zone about this specific area of our walk, walk, to God, walk with God. And what do we do? We lash out at other people that's not doing this. I can't believe they're not doing this. And why they're not doing this. I hear it often from people. Like They're on a high and everything is going well. And they're just left, right and center looking at everybody not doing this. Sad. Sad. See how often have we heard a convicting message? Maybe like this one. It, and we, immediately we think, oh, I'm going to send. As soon as Marnie is done, as soon as this preacher is done, I'm going to send this message to John. Okay, we have a John in the church. Maybe there's a bad example. To Anne. To Mary. Forgetting that maybe God's intention was for you to hear this message. God's intention was for you to sit where you're sitting and say, Lord, speak to me. How do I have to make adjustments today? What, what do I have to confess? What do I need to repent of? I need help. Not thinking of he needs help, she needs help. I need help. The problem is not the problem of the tongue. The problem is a problem of the heart. In verse 11 of chapter 4, James says the following, he says, if you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. God's royal law, as I said earlier. God's God's law to love one another. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. Wow. Cannot be more clear. When James talks about the law here, he's talking about the royal law. Jesus, in His summary of the law, says this. He basically reduced the law to two powerful commands. Love the Lord your God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself. A reminder again of that which we are called to as Gospel Central Church. Love God, love people, serve the world. The kingdom of God is, as it, at its epicenter, a kingdom of love. Not the Hollywood, and you know, every week I want to talk about, not the Hollywood sentimental romantic love, but a sacrificing self-giving, not self-centered love. The epicenter of the kingdom of God is the kingdom of love. A new sort of way of remarkable sacrifice, self-sacrifice. A new remarkable way of patient, faithful, gentle, giving, serving love. That's what you and I have been called to. John says in his first letter, he says, How can you say you love God which you cannot see when you don't love your brother who you can see? And yes, I have known people that I spend time with, actually week upon week upon week, spending time with people, sitting in front of me, telling me how much they love God, but they are so critical of everything around them, critical of people, have, are quickly to speak and, 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 and point to the shortcomings of people. If you can't engage in, it, in people, so that's why, you know, if, let's get back, let's get to COVID. It's so, COVID has made, it so, has made it so easy for us to say, to roll it off our lips and say, I love people. Oh, I love people. Here where I'm sitting completely on my own, isolated from other people, with no intention to gather uh, in a careful, careful manner, it's so easy to sit on my device, to watch this, to watch this movie sermon, and say, man, I cannot tell you how much I love people. Last week I spoke about, why your fruit, we will know them. If you, we are not place, putting, getting ourselves out of our comfortable places, out of our safe places, out of our places where this is according to how I want to do it, my priorities, mine, my new, how my new day looks like when I'm supposed to gather with the, with the followers of Jesus. My excuses I'm looking for, why I can't gather. And the excuses are just running up. It's just getting more and more and more and more. Because this has become the normal, watching a sermon on our own. How can we say that if we that we love people when we when we are isolated from people? Yes, I know what COVID is doing. I'm saying, are we doing everything in our power to gather in some way? If there's no way and we currently have COVID or we have highly uh, 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 vulnerable people in our midst, that's not who I'm talking to. Can we say that we love one another? And see. This love is the most powerful force of change and transformation in the universe. It's not wrong to hold, uh, however I want to say, it's not wrong to hold the mirror of God's word in front of us, uh, in front of somebody and say, you know what, according to God's word, saying it in a loving way, sharing the truth and say, this is what the truth of the word says. And this is what I see in your life. This is the fruit. And it's not lining up to the word. I'm not saying that we can't do that because sometimes we want to take it too far and say we cannot speak the truth and love to one another. No, we can most definitely do that. It's how we do it. Have you and I submitted to God's call of love? I've realized that when I speak to people, the first thing I need to do is this Lord, I need to come before God and say, God, just. Remind me again of my condition. Remind me again of my shortcomings. Guide me, and unfortunately God listens. (laughs) Show me our shortcomings. And then when I sit with somebody, I love to often start and say, you know what, I just want to say to you, if I struggle or I have a a, a tendency to struggle with that, uh, you you know what, if it's not for the grace of God, I would struggle with the same thing. If it's not for the grace of God, and, and, and making sure that they know that we are in the same boat. And then I feel like I have this kindness and patience to speak to them have you submitted to God's call of love? Do you believe uh, that love is His way of working change in us and through us to others? Or do you think you have a better way? Maybe the logic of your argument, maybe by the tone of your voice. I mean, you listen to my voice and I always have to be so careful because I have this forceful, very, very loud voice. So I have to tone myself down about Two hundred percent, just to sound like I am kind when I speak to somebody. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Maybe the logic of your argument. Maybe uh, you think it's a be- you have a better way by the tone of your your voice, by the force of your personality. You can work change. You, you somehow are de- uh, believe that you can by you can work change by uh, uh, that only grace can accomplish. That somehow you can by by just pointing out people's problems, that they will have a fright and then it will change immediately. See, every time you're wrongly critical, wrongly condemning, wrongly legalistic, wrongly judgmental, you are saying, my way is better than God's way. And see, we call to people who have messy life, just like us, that lives are broken, just like ours in many ways. We are going to we, we are going to be around people who scare us. That's what we call to. That's the church. It's never going to be different. Not this side of eternity. We are called to people that scare us, people we don't understand, people that we are not comfortable with the way they speak and what they stand for, and what they do. We're not comfortable around uh, people that 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 are homosexual. Oh, should never have mentioned that topic. Should I? But be so easy we so easy to look from a distance and says, I will never be a homosexual, so I, and you want to just say, it's sin, it's like the first thing you want to say. No, homosexuality is a sin, and God will judge uh, homosexuals like He will judge any other sin. Yes, and the consequences of different sins are different. Yes, however... Because we don't understand it, instead of going alongside somebody that that is walking an active homosexual lifestyle, are we willing to walk across to them and say, my brother brother or my sister, can I walk with you? Can I help you to walk out of it and lovingly show them Show them that it is sin, that it is not God's standard for them. Are we willing to live in that very uncomfortable space? Walk across the room, walk across the space to them and say, Come, I want to walk with you, not for a moment. Are we in any way condoning what they're doing? But can we in a loving, caring way walk into that messiness, that messy in mind, something that that in Zambia we struggle with, we've never experienced in a a big way? What are we going to do if somebody walks into our church and they're living an active lifestyle of homosexuality? Are we going to run away? Are we going to from a distance say... All the homosexuals sit right at the top there as far as possible and, and there'll there be a row for the non-sinners and there'll be a row for the bad sinners and then for the medium sinners. Is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to say, now come and sit here next to me. I want to walk with you. I want to I I put my reputation on the line because you know people might think that I'm okay with this. Are you willing to go that far, that uncomfortable? I think God's calling us to that level of discomfort sometimes. Praise God if those people come into this room, into the room that you're sitting and I'm sitting in, that, he, that, that at the moment as they come and we lovingly accept them, and yes, do not forget what I'm saying, we will, lovingly, we will lovingly make sure that they know that this is a sin, that we're not condoning them by sitting next to them, that, we, that they in that moment as they move into our spaces, into, into our comfort zones, that they will experience the love of God, they will experience, and I'm talking not about a love that overlooks sin, but they will experience the love of God towards them, that they will open their hearts to the sound of the gospel and repent of their sin. We need to be a community of love. We need help. We ourselves need help, and we need help so that we can help others. James ends by saying this in verse 12. God alone, I know you're still in the homosexual topic. Just move on. It's okay. You can, you'll have time to think this through. Work it through. Ask God to help you. James 4 verse 12, it says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? You and I have this scary inclination to put ourselves in a position where only God should should be. There's one judge and it's not you. His judgment is worthy of your trust. Do you trust that he knows how to judge accurately and mercifully? His judgment, unlike yours, will always in every situation, in every location, be utterly righteous. See, so often I allow myself with a prideful self-righteous heart to ascend to the throne of God by judging you based on your hard wiring. Intellectual, analytical people will look down on practical people and somehow judge them as less spiritual. Leaders will often look at others that are not called to leadership and see them somehow as not making the grade. But this, this, this is could be servants. They're called to servanthood. Not that leaders are not called to serve. Men will often not respect ladies because their hard wiring is so different than how they do things. Men might misunderstand what it means to submit and they will make all sorts of conclusions and then disrespect women. Women may disrespect men not understanding how they are wired differently. One ethnic group condemns another based on how they look and how they act and how different they are. This should not be amongst us. It's easy to say, this is my Father's will, yet deny the, the creative glory and how He created people. I allow, my, I allow myself with a, pride, with a prideful, self-righteous heart to ascend to the throne of God by questioning the life story God has written to you or written for you. And see, God has, God has determined the exact time, exact place that you will live, the exact length of your days as Creator God, He formed you, but He was also sovereign. But He's also sovereign in creating you. It's so easy to set myself up as the ultimate standard. Don't you find that? I'm the standard. When I notice others' different value systems, other other people's different instincts, different culture, different ways, worldviews views of, 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 of processing things around them and suddenly I become the standard. My way is the best way. I struggle with the foreign ways people do things, the things that they say and they don't say and they think and they don't think. And so many of the differences we struggle we struggle with, um, um, uh, uh, with in one another reflect the amazing glory of a sovereign God who can write billions of stories all at once. Isn't that amazing? Well, God, you are the creator of the universe. We love you. We just don't love your created being so much. God, you are so sovereign, but I'm more sovereign. I know how they should be thinking, and I understand it. And I myself with a pride full self-righteous heart to ascend to the throne of God by seeing your weaknesses, your failures, your inadequacies, your sin rather than the glory of His mercy and His grace. I point out to you way too much. What you're not getting right. I, I, I speak down to you. I don't look for places of comfort or places to comfort you, to encourage you, to serve you, to love you. It's, easy to, it's easier to be critical than it is to serve. What position have you taken? The Lord Jesus Christ was willing to face cruelty, to face consistent criticism, to, con- to face consistent injustice and rejection and mistreatment. So that we in our pride, so that we in our self-righteousness, so that we in our critic with our critical spirits could go before Him and say, Lord, won't you please forgive me? Won't you please help me? Won't you please rescue me, Lord? We are not yet the community of love. Yes. I do think gospel central church there's aspects of us that are really loving well, but there's so many aspects of us that are lacking love and maybe some of the practical love working of that is that that many of us have have, have gone silent on the WhatsApp groups that we created, have gone silent on the communities we're part of, have gone silent in engaging anyone. Maybe we are all called to grab our phones, to do whatever means it takes, to re-engage those that have just gone silent in the last 18 months. Maybe that's what we call to do. Maybe not instead of from a distance to say, well, oh, they can't believe what they're doing. I mean, where are they? Why are they not here? Instead of wondering why they're not here and, and why they are not done it. And yeah, there might be, there might be reasons, uh, sinful reasons why they're doing it. But why don't show, instead of showing judgment today, why don't we, why don't we show mercy? And we reach out to those people and do whatever it means. Invite them, uh, con them into a great meal. If you have to uh, present a meal, invite them, engage them. Maybe that's what we call as a, as a loving community. There are times when we forget who we are. And we want to be that community that people to look into from the outside and say, Man, I want to be part of that community. I, be, I want to be part of that community because I see they, they I can see they must be Jesus followers by the way they love one another. Can people look from the outside, look at gospel central church and say gospel central? Oh I want to be part of that church. That's why so often we speak about the importance of a healthy church that love one another. Because I believe that is such an attractive force in our society where people are struggling with belonging, where people are are ever increasingly getting disconnected from community life, from family uh, participation, and they're lonely. I don't know if you've noticed, we live in an unbelievably, incredibly sad, lonely world. People want to belong. People want to be loved. Why don't we reach out to them? Not criticizing. But showing mercy, we are called to be agents of God's mercy to those around us. Let that be the challenge to us today. Let may that be the story that God's writing on our heart today. That He's calling us to change our posture. Then it starts by looking at the plank in your own eyes and say, Lord. I need your mercy, and just like I need your mercy, I need your life, I need you to rescue me, I need your love, I need your grace. So I want to be an ambassador, I want to be an agent of that very thing. I want help me, Lord, so that I can help others. Position ourselves this morning, position ourselves in the ongoing weeks when we are equipping, when there's equipping times, committing yourselves. Prioritizing, equipping moments so that you can be equipped so that you can help others. Whenever there's a moment to be equipped, let's be equipped. I want to finish our time by praying for us. Father, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. Show us mercy. Be merciful upon us. We confess our sins before you that we are so quick to judge, so quick to condemn, So quick to speak negative words to others, so quick to gossip, so quick to slander. Oh, forgive us, Lord. Fill us with your spirit once more. Make us that loving community that will attract others to your gospel and your good news. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Don't you want to take the time instead of just moving on, switching it off, getting on with your day? Won't you want to maybe share with those around you what is the one thing that you're taking away? What does God challenge you with? Where are you convicted? Maybe WhatsApp somebody if you don't have somebody close to you. Maybe share with your spouse if you're with your spouse. Trust that you will have an incredible day and God will continue speaking in and through you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website, gospelcentral.church. God bless.